Welcome to another episode of All on the Table. Today's topic is all about getting good and getting good reviews. If you're struggling to get reviews or dealing with negative reviews, we have a few tips and tricks that will help you in your practice. Let's get going. Welcome again to another episode of All on the Table, where we talk about the business of massage. Yep. I am Vince Williams, and I'm here with my co-host, Suzanne Reynolds, and we are here to answer questions, talk through ideas, and just generally, hopefully, come up with ways to uh, talk through how to build your practice, how to improve uh, maybe just one or two aspects of it that will send you into the realm of success that you are hoping to achieve. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about reviews and testimonials uh, and those kinds of things. Are you a, are you a reviewer, uh, Suzanne? Do you do you, uh, put reviews out there on on the internet? No, not necessarily. Uh, I rather if I'm getting you know good service or something like that, I'm gonna tell the person to their face, you know, like, thank you. And, um, you know, I want to express it personally. Um, I'm a little shy about reviews because again, there's, there's my big thing is there's so many people out there that disagree and hide behind the computer and attack yeah. that I'm afraid that if I put a review up that somebody's going to slam me and, uh, you know, I've been Great slammed more. Yeah. And, and I just don't, you know, if I don't like the service, I'd rather just go to the company or the restaurant and just say, hey, this isn't cool or just, you know, praise them. I, I don't know. It's just old fashioned for me. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally understand. And I, you know, I try to um, I try to, first of all, make sure that I'm uh, always doing more positive reviews than negative reviews for sure. Right. Uh, you can go out there and look and I I have before I find it entertaining. I'll I'll find somebody who's given a very negative review to someplace that's very well reviewed whether that's a you know a hotel or a, a restaurant or something. Right. And if you track cuz typically you can go in and and look at that person's review history. You'll see that person's just a negative review. They just reviewed everything in the world negative right. never been happy. And so I, I go okay well that, there's only so much value in that review for me, you know. So right. uh, I try Try to put more positive into the world if I can. I review people at the best. And then I typically try to give people an opportunity to make good if they've done something wrong or bad. The only time is if something's a little shady and it's a little cheaty and I, I tell them about it and their response is sort of continually shady at that point, you, right. then you might you might elicit a bad review. That's really more just a red flag for other people that I'm hoping they'll see that and maybe avoid something in a situation where, again, I, it's not like, well, the food wasn't good one given day, or it's a right. matter of taste or opinion. It's it's like, oh, this was a scam. You know, and if that's the case, right. then I, I have a tendency to, to be a little more aggressive about it. But it is interesting because the way testimonials work these days, uh, it really does just create a, a war where someone will then go give you a bad review on something you do, yeah. even though they don't know you. And of course, we'll probably get into that today. But that's the game of reviews, uh, but yeah, they absolutely. are an important piece of marketing, and they're a super powerful tool when you're trying to build any kind of a practice, wellness practice of any kind. 
Yeah. Um, so I do think it's important that we 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 dig in today and talk about them. Yeah. Showcase your value. That's what testimonials do. They do. And it gives you what, you know, that third party, right? Just someone right. else telling somebody that you've done a good job. And it's so easy for us to determine. There's so many interesting things before we get into maybe the specifics. There's some things that I really find interesting about reviews. Um, for one, you know, quantity of reviews really makes a difference. I've seen enough studies that if your review count is below seven or eight, you know, somewhere in that kind of area, right. really discredit the value of the reviews. So, you know, our goal first and foremost is to get above that waterline. And I right. think it's the the family and friends effect, right? Like everyone has seven people that should say something nice about them, you know, whether it's their mom reviewing them or, or otherwise. And so I think people just don't trust it as much until you start right. getting into those double digits. But then the other thing that I find interesting is that people are obsessed. I have a, I have a client right now. He's obsessed with the five-star review. And I said, oh, here's the weird thing. People actually prefer 4.8. And he said, what? And I said, yeah. So statistically, people trust 4.8, 4.9 better than 5.0. I don't think we believe in the idea of perfect. So if you have 50, 60, 70 reviews and they're all five-star people right. start to wonder if you haven't gamed the system, if you haven't tricked the system, if there isn't something. Right. But if you have a 4.8 or 4.9, that shows you at a high level of success, but there's just enough pushback that right. people trust the review more highly, which I find right. really fascinating. So if you're really obsessed with staying with that 5.0, just remember 4.8 actually has a higher trust factor than 5 does. So I believe it. Yeah. I'd much rather see 4.5 because it's realistic. Yeah. You know, you're not, nobody's perfect. You know, yeah. you've got to have some kind of i don't want to say animosity but you have to have some kind of kickback because not everybody's going to be satisfied well there's just enough negative in the world that even if you do your job ultimately well with the easy access that people have to reviewing and doing testimonials then i mean it's eventually going to happen right so right obviously um, absolutely but, but you don't know if they're having their friends do it either well you right know, i don't like this i don't like this business so why don't you contact them and and give them a bad review, you know, it's, and if there's no information with it, you know, like if I'm doing such a bad job, tell me why, right. You know, um, not just it's one star because. Well, so we'll get into those two because there are a lot of fake reviews out there and there's a, a lot of reasons people don't like the testimony on the review process. But I will tell you that the number one way you can defend against bad reviews is getting good reviews, right? You have to get your own collection of good reviews. And once you do that, if somebody gives you a bad review, sure, you can dispute it and do other things, but at least it gives you a buffer of people that really genuinely believe in you and have right. stated it. So for those of you listening out there that are like, well, I just haven't got around to it. Um, I want you to take this episode really seriously because you want to do this preemptively. People will find a way to give you bad reviews if they want to bad enough. You need to be aggressive about getting positive testimonials and reviews. This will change right. the nature of your business. I promise you. People really value and believe in these things these days. And there's a lot of ways to do it. So the first thing I wanted to kind of talk about was the idea when people say to me like, well, how do I get more testimonials or how do I get more reviews? I say, where? Um, because the question really becomes these days, where is it important? If you try to make everywhere important, you're going to run into issues. You're going to paralyze your potential reviewers who want to give you good feedback because you're asking them to, to go review you on Google and on Yelp and on Facebook and on your website and all of these different things. And that's a lot of work. 
And it's yeah. going to be pretty rare that someone's going to give you that attention. Uh, in fact, I don't know of anyone that I've actually filled out more than two. It's probably probably the best service I've ever had in my life. Maybe I've gone to Yelp and to Google, but I don't think I've ever extended it to you know Facebook or a different other platform as well. So right. really the question is where? Um, and from my standpoint as a marketer and somebody who spends their time uh, with digital and online marketing, uh, I believe the correct answer for massage therapists and wellness professionals in general is Google. Google is the 800-pound gorilla. It is what matters. Um, <laughs> there's two reasons for that. One, actually, there's three reasons. One, those reviews feed other places. Right. Two, Google cares about those reviews. So those reviews help you increase your presence in Google Local, which is your ability to get up towards the top when people are searching for things that are interesting in their local area so that you don't have to compete with the national chains and everyone else because you're on that map and you're in the local area. Right. Um, and of course, you have to sign up for that. So you have to sign up for uh, Google Business. Um, I actually will, uh, if you go to our website uh, and look on the website, I will post a, a link in our blog articles area so that you can go watch a video because I did a video on how to go set up a Google Local. So if you haven't done that, go to allonthetablepodcast.com and go to our blog articles area and you will find uh, that that will be there. I will put that in there because I do want people to know how important it is to create a Google Local. So if you are a massage therapist, whether you have a location or not, First of all, you don't have to have a location to have a Google local account. Um, you can put no address down, although it is beneficial if you do have a location and an address. Um, right. Do not put an address that is not your location. So let's say you're an independent therapist, but you uh, work three quarter time at a clinic or at a franchise of some kind. Do not list them as your address point for your business, because that will haunt you later if things right. change. As you go, if you have a third party location, uh, whether it's you treat people in your home, you go to a flex rental space um, or have another type of option there, you can use those spaces. That's perfectly fine. But if a business already exists in there and you are only an employee in that business, then you don't want to do that for their sake and for your sake. It'll create complexity. Um, right. But you do want to create one of these because this is the place that people will review you. If you don't have a Google local, you can't get Google reviews. And that is really the most important thing. Once you have a Google local, then uh, there's an easy way to go into your account and get the direct link for your reviews. So now you have a direct link that people can go to and it just puts them right into your your Google local area for that review, and they don't have to go searching around or hunt you down, which is a real key to how to get the testimonials. So when we're talking about where do people review you, you can um, take those Google reviews and you can go add them to your website, right? You can do, you can do that right. um, by hand or you can do that through technology. There's different ways to do that. You cannot take those and put them on Yelp. You cannot take those and put them on Facebook per se. Uh, you can put them on Facebook in a, a meme, you just can't put it into Facebook as a review. Um, right. So you can offer for people to do that, but I would really stay targeted and focused because the thing that's going to get you the highest presence specifically as a massage therapist or a wellness practitioner in your local area is going to be Google, Google Local and Google My Business, uh, which is all kind of the same thing um, and and get those Google reviews there. So I think that that right. um, helps you right away because at least you can focus in on asking for reviews. 
How do you go about getting testimonials or reviews, Suzanne? Or do- um, you know, I yeah, it's not something that I pursue, I guess. A lot of my reviews are embedded in like the school's reviews. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I like them to come around organically, you know. I, but I also know the importance of them. Yeah. Um, if we stay stagnant at a number for a while, it's you know when it starts saying a year ago. Well, there's a lot of things that change. We want to make sure that we're continuing to do, you know, the best job we can. Yeah. And you bring up we, some some points that, you know, today will be a good episode for you. <laughs> because because the issue, of course, with having them go through the school is that in the end, the school owns those reviews. And there's nothing against that with the school situation. But if you're an independent therapist who's also working yeah. at a clinic, if you get reviews through the clinic, they're going to be their reviews. Now, I'm not saying you should ask for personal reviews from clinical patients. Don't get me wrong. Those are the clinic's reviews. But if you have patients outside of the clinic, you don't want to be reviewed through the clinic. You want to be reviewed independently and build your brand, build up your name in the local area and the community, because this really will help you build your practice. So um, I've got a couple of techniques, and then I want to talk about some things that you brought up too, Suzanne, like negative reviews, and how do we respond to them? Okay. So the first thing is, so once you've set up a Google Local and you've you've got that review link, um, one of the things that I really like to do, and I'll make sure to put put this on the website as well in the same place that that video is, is get you set up with a QR code. Um, It's going to make your life a lot easier. Go put the link into a QR code. So once you have that done, now put that QR code anywhere. You can put it on a piece of paper, have it in the office. You can have it on a little stand. You can have it anywhere. It's so effective. It's so easy. People just do it right there. Yep, yep. Um, And the best part is it's partially because it's useful, but also it's a great way to remind people it's non-invasive. So if you just have a little eight and a half by 11 plastic stand on on your shelf that says, you know, uh, if you love the massage today, give me a review and then have the QR code there. You'll be surprised how many people will scan it before they walk out the door. But even though uh-huh. they won't, now it's in their brain. The idea of right. reviewing. Now you've done your first part. Because the next thing you're going to do if they're a new patient or new client is you're going to send them a welcome email. And I'm going to ask you guys to do some things that are very marketing. And if you don't do them, you're going to say, <laughs> it sounds like work. And yep, if you're going to be an independent professional who wants to grow their business to the right size, there's a good chance you're going to need to do some of this marketing work. Probably. um, (laughs) If if you don't, then good for you. Ignore everything I say and be successful and happy without it. But if you need it, if you're saying, but I wish my business was bigger, then then please, some of these suggestions may be for you. So send a welcome email. Now, this next piece is a little technical. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Um, I tell you, I do it for my clients. I'll tell you, other people can do it for you. There are other ways, but I want to put the methodology into the mind of of you out there listening. And that is that the welcome email's job is first and foremost to ask for feedback without asking for a testimonial. You don't know the experience that that person just had. Even if you had a great conversation, even if they smiled at you, even if it was lovely, I still think this is the right approach. You send an email and it just has a survey with one to two questions. And you're just, you know, hey, on a scale of one to five, how was it? Whatever. Um, And then the second question, just simply being, you know, if there's anything I could do differently, what would that be? Or what could I do to improve your experience the next time? Right. Those two questions alone. 
That's going to garner loyalty and help you connect with the person. But now here's the best part of that. With most form managers that you have on your website, um, there's companies out there, JotForm, ton of other people out there that can do this sort of thing. But if you have a form on your website, you should be able to put in some kind of a condition. And here's what the condition says. If they gave you five stars or four stars, then the next page says, thank you so much. Could you please share a testimonial um, so that others can find me as well as I try to build my practice? This is oh, a really nice. important part of ways that you could help me. And then just gives them the link right to your Google review, which you've already found, you've already downloaded, and you've already built a QR code for. So now you have the link. You can just put it right in there. If they give you three stars or less, the next page says, thank you for your feedback. I appreciate it. I'm going to evaluate this. If you don't mind, I might contact you just to see if there's anything I can do to improve the quality of the service. Right. That gives you an opportunity to communicate with them in person. Because if there's an issue, most of the time, any verbal communication you have with them will resolve it. It was too cold in the room and they gave you, four, you know, two stars. That's a quick conversation. You're like, oh, I'll turn up the heat next time. They go, okay, great. And now it's all better. But what you don't have now is on Google, their room is always cold. Everything they do is bad, right? right. They talked to you about it, they resolved it, and they moved on. And you would not believe how easy it is to move somebody from a low stars rating to a high stars rating with a quick conversation. But if right. you don't have the opportunity, just say, please review me. Why? I mean, you don't know if they enjoyed the experience or didn't. So give them an opportunity to share with you the experience that they had and then say, yeah, I'd love for you to tell everyone that. Or maybe we should have a one on one and talk right. about that for a second, <laughs> you know, just to have that. So just consider what that looks like on a form and how to how to build something like that. If you don't know how, if you have a developer or you have a web friend or anyone. I know this is a little extra work, but this is a very valuable tool. I build it for Absolutely. all my clients and their reviews are always high and through the roof. And it gives them an opportunity to talk to customers who might have a different expectation or were somehow affected by a visit. Most of the time, not even because of them, some other thing, you know, your parking was bad or something where it might not even be your fault in that moment. The driver that was driving out of the parking lot was a jerk and now they had a bad experience. You don't want that going on the website. Right. That has nothing to do with you. So Take that and then set that aside. So anyway, that is a great way. But so then that's the welcome email. Then I recommend at the 5X mark. So that means you have to track your clients. I know and see how many times they visit you. But when you get <laughs> someone to visit you five times, and by the way, if no one's visiting you five times regularly, that's a whole other episode we need to talk about because you need to be building a long-term client base. But at the 5X, then you do another check-in. How are you doing? And right. if you didn't already give me uh, a review, again, I would love it. This is so valuable to my business, right? right? But you ask them how they're doing first, then you ask them for something. Remember that psychologically, if they start to fill out a form and then you ask them for more, it's actually not that bad. Uh, it's invested at that point. They've already started typing. They've already started doing things. But if you cold ask somebody just to fill out a review, that's time that they're not already spending doing something. So they're less right. likely to do it. So actually, you get a higher review mark by asking a question, having them type out an answer, and then asking for a review right afterwards. They're already in the process. Might as well. Right. Okay. And then uh, finally, now you can ask yearly. And it's the same exact question. You should be sending a yearly email or coming to the end of the year here. And that email goes out to all of your clients, anyone who's been with you more than one time at this point, any kind of repeat client. Um, and you just send out a thing that just says, hey, end of the year, want to check in. What can I do better as I grow my business? What can I, again, same kind of questions. How satisfied were you for the year? Right. How can I grow my business? Is there anything I can do to help you sort of thing? And then 
that same approach. If you right. do those three things um, and send those emails at those correct times, your review count will go up. Your review yeah. count will go up and that means more people will call you and they will book with you because you have higher reviews. Um, and all of that will add up to your business growing. It just happens. It just works. People don't believe in it, but that's because they haven't done it. It really makes that big of a difference. We'll be right back with more All on the Table. Let's face it, starting a business can be scary, especially when you consider the initial costs of room rent, leases, credit checks, and furnishing a professional space. But what if there was a place that allowed you to own your own business, but took care of all of those daunting details? Well, there is, and it's called WellSpace, and it's made just for massage therapists and wellness professionals. At WellSpace, you are a member in a flexible room rental environment. You run your practice, but with no leases or credit checks. You pay a small monthly fee and then rent the rooms as your business grows. The best part is that WellSpace handles all the details for you. Their facility is located in an easy to find retail location with plenty of parking. The building utilizes top security systems to protect you and your clients. They offer an automated check-in system, cleaning service, and even sheet service. It's all included. Plus, each room comes with top quality hydraulic tables and are fully furnished in a professional but neutral way so that you can bring your business's flavor into the room while you're treating your clients. Now your massage business can compete with top-end facilities without the cost or the stress. Memberships start at just $45 a month for new practitioners. The best way to understand how this will expand your practice is to come and see it for yourself. Take a walkthrough and discover what your practice can look like. Visit wellspacenw.com to sign up for a walkthrough tour today. That's wellspacenw.com. Wellspace, flexible treatment rooms for wellness professionals. And now back to the show. By the way, if you work at a franchise or a really successful clinic, they're doing these techniques. These techniques right. exist um, behind the scenes because um, yeah. that's how you grow a business categorically. And the thing franchises are really good at is taking systems that always work and putting them multiple places. That's how they become franchises. So right. they're doing this stuff. I guarantee that. I, in fact, get multiple emails from all of the major massage franchises on a regular just because of the research that I do all of the time so yeah i i've just i really i feel archaic i was talking to a a colleague of mine and asked him the last time he was on his website and he goes i don't know <laughs> you know it's it's been the same thing so he had somebody call in and go are you still in practice yeah. but he's so booked out he doesn't yeah. have to and once you yeah, build, word of mouth. When, you, when you do all of these things, once you build, you know, if you do the things that grow the business and then you do the things that keep the clients, eventually right. you get to a point where, yeah, you don't have to really worry about this stuff anymore, you know. But the right. good news about testimonials and reviews is they just live on forever. Yes, right? they so, do. I mean, if you've got 30 or 40, 4.9, five star reviews. Yeah then that's always going to be a benefit to your business and your Absolutely. practice. So it's an investment of time that really pays off in the long haul better than a lot of other marketing, you know, might. So the question you asked me, uh, and I want to get to this before we jump out of this episode, um, was, you know, negative reviews. 
Um, right. You had an experience with somebody who gave you negative reviews. In your case, it was a little personal. It was and, personal. And just trying to kind of figure out how to how to handle that. Um, and I, I definitely have a few few techniques for that. Um, the first thing is do not get into a conversation with anyone via the review system. So if somebody sends you uh, a negative review, uh-huh. you have to decide if it's a real review or a fake review. Fake reviews tend to have no information. You get one star from a client you've never heard of, and it just says bad or something like right. that. Right? You can dispute those in the same place that you can look at your reviews in your My Business area of Google, which again, I can help people get to via uh, the, the article that will be posted on the website. If it's not that instance, if you get someone that gives you a negative review and you feel it is unjust and what they're reviewing you on is either personal or is just right. whack or whatever, then any way you slice it, the best response is just to say, I'm sorry to hear that. I would like to resolve right. this with you personally. Please give our team a call or give me a call or however you want right. to state that. And that's it. Um, I've seen too many companies get into a flame where, well, that's not true. And you're a liar and all this, this never helps you as a business owner. No, it's, that's um, just a fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. And so the problem is the way that you respond to them is more important than the negative review. If you only have one negative review and you have a bunch of positive reviews, it's not going to look bad on you. It will, however, if you get into a flame war with them. And I've seen it. I've I've looked at things like Airbnb or, or or different rental companies where I've been looking, and I was like, "Well, this place looks nice." And then somebody gave them a bad review, but the response that the that the renter or the person right. had was so negative back that I couldn't give my business to them anymore, even if the person's comments were ridiculous. But it right. was just so venomous that I had bad taste in my mouth. And so you just want to avoid anything like that. So you can dispute reviews pretty easily. It, they don't always go away. They don't. So you should always respond to them. If you're going to dispute them, leave them alone for a moment. Don't respond. That doesn't help. Wait till you get the dispute back from Google who says yes or no. If they say, no, we're going to leave it, then respond to it and say, I tried to dispute this with Google. I'm not aware of this person. Um, but if, you know, if you're real, please contact me personally, something. Yeah. Like. And this, this was through Yelp, this scathing review, yep. and it was more about teaching style, but it did get personal. Yep. It got personal with my connection with Hawaii. And the thing is, is I, I'm not one that wants to bicker back and forth. I want to explain and put it to rest. You know, I wish you the best in your profession. Sure. No, and I think you handled it appropriately. It just simply, that's the issue is that there's there's little recourse. There's nothing that, you know, if somebody gives you a negative review, there's no recourse because again, if you go back after them, it's bad for you. If right. you leave them alone, they got to vent. So you just have to accept that this is sort of a part of it and to do exactly what you did and try to have an interpersonal. Uh, I don't think anyone has ever solved any of these disputes online through any uh, social media or chat mechanisms, right? No. It's only one-on-one real conversations that tend to tend to allow for healing. So uh, agreed, I would stay away from any sort of flame wars or anything uh, in regards to somebody being negative. If you think that it is somebody who is being spiteful that's in the same industry as you, that's reviewing you negatively that way, you can mention that as well. Right. Yelp has notoriously not been great uh, about these kinds of things. At best, my suggestion would be if you really can't get something disputed and you do feel that it's that way, then that's the only thing I would say is like, I don't have a, uh, we do not have a record of this person. This seems to be, you know, not real and leave it at that. 
You know right. what I mean? But that's it. Don't get into any sort of, you know, negative or respond to any of the points that they make or you right. know, yeah. that's not true. We keep our blankets warmer or whatever, you know, don't, yeah, it, it just doesn't right. matter. Right? So, it's interesting because I do take my students through Yelp in our area to show them, you know, this is what can happen and this is how response. And there's good Yelp sites where you, they have decent responses to that, you know, to the negativity or they, it becomes a blame war. Well, yeah. you did this and da, 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 da. So again, it's just taking them through that and un- helping them understand that reviews are important, but sometimes you can't take all reviews personally. Which is really hard to do when you're yes. building a business, you're building a practice, everything feels personal. This is your livelihood and it's your passion. And it's very hard not to understand that. And so, you know, it really is just about focusing on the positive, which brings me to the last point, which is really that you do need to respond to your positive ones. A lot of times people get positive reviews and they just move on. You don't have to do much, but in Google, especially by re- answering and responding to the review, it really right. helps somebody it helps Google. You're paying attention. It helps them feel good about it, but it also helps Google know that you're actively monitoring and managing your account. Now, right. one of the questions that I get a lot is related to HIPAA. There's so much confusion out there about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in HIPAA. You absolutely can respond to anybody's review of your practice. Just do not put personal information back in any response. All you have to do is say thank you for the review or whatever. You don't have to get into it. Just say thank you. Um, Don't say their name again. Don't do a bunch of other stuff, but it is perfectly acceptable. Just move along with your day. If you want to just post something in the account that shows that you responded to the reviews, uh, it will improve your ranking with Google. It will improve uh, the overall flow and feel of your reviews as well. Sounds good. When I, right. get a, when I get a website, <laughs> we're going to get this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk off air at some point. You're going to get a website. You're going to get things. It's going to happen. All right, everybody. Well, You're kind of convincing me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Almost there. Great guys. <laughs> By season two, we'll have Suzanne with a website. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. Well, that's our episode on testimonials and we'll thank everybody for joining us today. I hope that this has been useful. Please go out and get some positive reviews. Don't wait for the negative people to find you. Go out and get those positive ones. There are people out there that want to review you and they want to say nice things. Make it easy on them. Uh, right. Take a look at the website all on the table podcast.com and you'll find in our blog articles uh, about how to start a Google local. Uh, there's a video on that as well as a couple of links that'll be useful for you till next week. I'm Vince Williams. I'm Suzanne Reynolds. And thank you for listening. If you've been a regular, we really appreciate it. Aloha. All on the Table is co-hosted by Suzanne Reynolds, co-founder at Pacific Northwest Massage Academy, and Vince Williams, CEO of ClickHive Marketing. The show is produced in-house. All on the Table is sponsored by WellSpace, flexible room rentals for wellness professionals. New episodes are released weekly wherever you find your podcasts. Podcasts.